burr. Hey. Hey. Are your ears cold? Yeah, a little bit. Get a bigger toque. Welcome back, Strange Crew. You are tuned into another trip through life's deep cuts. We hope you enjoy the ride. Hey, everyone. Hey, guys. Welcome to a very special episode of the Strange Grooves podcast. We're on episode 75. Yeah, guys, 75. I'm Kate Milbury. I'm Sharice Letson. And we got a really special episode for you tonight, one that's been kind of on demand, uh, a special Bob Dylan episode with our, fa- uh, with our friend Dan Viano from Hot Scotch. Uh, we talk about all things Bob Dylan. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's pretty cool. And even if you're not a fan um, or, you know, a, a deep diver, um, you can learn from this. And we also have a special Phil Collin, uh, which is pretty amazing. Uh, so we hope that you stay tuned for that. Um, but we couldn't do this show. Uh, we couldn't do a lot of the things that we're doing right now that you're probably seeing on our feeds, um, which includes new writers, um, new photographers. New podcasts. New podcasts. Shout out to um, Evan for Recipes and Records. His yeah. new podcast, first episode is out and he's our newest patreon subscriber yes he is our newest patreon subscriber so other than evan we want to give a huge shout out to owen green yeah and and a shout out to his son as well adam Uh, we really really loved your first piece about the arkells and we're looking forward to seeing you head out to the show um this summer and looking forward to your second piece can't wait um mike hawkins we love you Matt Letson, mallory kelly kristen monroe kaylin capson colin mulshutes jill hamer james mullinger Awesome. Thank you guys so much again. And shout out to our friends at Print3. We can we wouldn't have all the cool stuff we have without you guys. Thank you for supporting us from day one. Yeah, we wouldn't have anything. We really would not have anything. <laughs> yeah, like the mail, a lot of our postcards. Yeah, it's they're great. Stationary. Mike, the stickers. whole Jed, the whole crew up at uh, Print3 is phenomenal. So big thank you to them. Um, of course, a uh, really big shout out to some of our uh, new businesses that we're working with. Um, McGill's, um, Corey down at McGill's has been awesome. He's been a really big supporter of our podcast and a really just big supporter of the music scene in the last 25 years. Hell yeah. And they have some really cool events happening during the week, particularly one on Wednesdays. You want to tell yeah. us a bit about that? So on Wednesday nights, it's the Acoustic Deep Dives down at McGill's. Starts at 6 o'clock, ends around 9 so it's a good early show there's happy hour prices there's no cover so um and every week um there's somebody new playing um and they'll play a different style of music so i know for example right now if you're listening um it's happening right now but um ryan brown was playing uh canadiana music nice um the whole evening so there's music uh happening Every Wednesday, also open mic nights every Tuesday night, um, DJ so nightclub nights on Friday and Saturday night. So lots happening. There always has been down at McGill's, formerly Cougars. So definitely hit them up. Corey's a gem. Ask him to do a high kick. He might punch me for saying this in the podcast, but he doesn't mean high kick. And if you don't believe me, hit up his Facebook page. It don't lie. Um, And aside from them, uh, Hopscotch Whiskey Bar. Thank you guys so much. It's suiting since we have Dan as our guest tonight. Um, Also, huge shout out to Pam at Heartbreak Boutique and our buds at Backstreet Records. Thank you guys again for supporting us since day one when we were just starting this as like a crazy idea as a way to hang out. And our last two shout outs go to Hazel at the Art Warehouse. Hell yeah, we can't wait to have you on the show girl and i lied there's actually two more oh just because i feel it's really important um i just want to say also first week in business ethel and mary's congratulations yes oh my goodness the best grilled cheese yeah and i also just want to say too like just like this podcast has brought people together so has your restaurant so we Mm. really appreciate i would say almost just reconnecting with each other on the street um seeing each other um and just being excited for people to really thrive and open up the space. Um, I, I really, really, really appreciate that. And a new business, um, if you're not following them already, Riff Raff Skate Shop. Yes. So yes. they're also going to be carrying some records and stuff. So and it's stay tuned. We're going to be doing an episode there in the yeah. near future. Yeah. So it's early on. Um, Party Trent. 
but we've got a lot on the go guys we've got some really cool events coming up in the next couple of months um we're working really hard on them um and you know we're really stoked just to kind of have the show to be able to hang out and connect so so especially this episode was really fun and it was really cool because i know you're not a huge Bob Dylan fan and I really appreciate it was really cool and I really appreciate you like trying to to learn more about him and to kind of kind of guide our Dan and I's conversation it was really well it's like I can only have this conversation 25 more times as we get older but I'd like to watch all those documentaries and listen to them so that it helps me invest in your likes and and it teaches me so much about other influences he had and like parties he was at and like people showing up and connecting them like to people like Ken Tobias and stuff like it's just the world's really big but it's pretty small and when you start to connect all the pieces like around music and friendship I just find it pretty fucking rad so yeah no this is a great episode guys um and as always if you want to support our show and what we do here patreon.com slash strange grooves yeah little as two bucks a month and we do some pretty cool shit with it. And if you're a business, you want to get involved, there's different tiers. Um, of course, even if you just listen to the show or we appreciate you at all, whether you're giving us money or not, yeah, you all. And if you want to be on the show, if there's somebody you want to be on the show, if you have something you'd like for us to share on the show, um, give us a shout strange at gmail.com or shoot us a message on Facebook or the Twitter or the Instagram. We're everywhere. So, um, and also if you're a band, um, and you have some music that you'd like to share our brother podcast, the strange dudes are, they're always looking for new music Absolutely. on the show. Um, definitely check them out if you're in the mood for a laugh and to discover some new local music, incredible show, give them, give them a subscribe, smash that subscribe button. Yeah. All right, guys, here's our special Bob Dylan episode. Dan. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us again. Pleasure as always. Dan in the house. Yeah. Uh, uh. So we're going to be doing an episode tonight that we talked about last time you were on the show. Right. And people were interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just Na- yeah, to say the least. <laughs> Namely me. Okay. <laughs> actually, say, no, other so people, people in the real world actually asked actually, about this? Okay. Yeah, some people were like, they told me, they were like, you know what? I wouldn't mind listening to that. Mm-hmm. To like, you know, having one person, you know, people talk about one artist. And I'm like, so let's give it a try. So to put it into context, first of all, what are you doing at the Five and Dime next week? Uh, next week, Wednesday the 11th, I will be spinning only Bob Dylan all night long. It sounds all night long. <laughs> My version of a good time. <laughs> <laughs> With a pink Whitney. With yeah. a pink Whitney. We so. might slip in some, I uh, should put an asterisk. There could be some Bob Dylan inspired, Bob Dylan covers. In- I don't know. But right. everything will be Dylan related. Hey, awesome. informative yeah. is good. Educational yeah. is good, right? More information. Expand better, the right? scope of the tunes. It's good yeah. for people like me who don't necessarily know everything Bob Dylan, like you guys. Helps me kind of sift through the sound. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little more. Awesome. Yeah. So, I guess to start things off, this conversation, how did you get into Bob Dylan? Uh, I was definitely introduced to Bob Dylan through my brother. And I think we might have touched on this in the last time we talked. Yeah. So, he was definitely four years older than me, and he was the cooler older brother who was into all things cool four years before I was. And, yeah, so I definitely uh, got into it from, from, from him, borrowing his tapes and... Uh, do you remember the first song you heard of his? Uh, I, I definitely remember my brother used to get ready for work in the morning. So I would have been in my last year of high school and he would have been getting ready for work. And he always listened to um, Rainy Day Woman. Like, yeah. And this would have been on tape. So like he would have had to make a point to rewind the tape and start <laughs> with Rainy Day Woman. That's, that's how your day started every day. So that's, that's, that could have been the first uh, Bob Dylan song I, I remember here, but. Everybody must get stoned. Yeah. 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 I used to think that that's... I'm sure my dad would have listened to it before that, but that's... Yeah. Right. Well, I have a question. Yeah. So for anyone who is listening that listened to the first part, um, and if you haven't, maybe pause this, go listen to the first one, and then come back. We'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. But my <laughs> question is, you know, as, an, as a music lover of certain artists as well, um, I noticed that you had mentioned you bought some other records today. And one of the things that intrigues me about living artists, especially as they age, is, you know, what what keeps you guys in St. John and not on tour? 
Because I'm kind of the same way with Steely Dan. Like, he's on tour, but there's so many logistical things. But, like, he's getting older. There's only one of them left. There's certain things of it. So it's like, it wouldn't matter how much a Steely Dan or a Primus vinyl was to me. Like, for, like I would still probably buy it. Mm-hmm. So how does it how does it work for you guys? Uh, I've passed on a couple of Dylan vinyls, and I've definitely regretted it afterwards. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Well, like, Sharice is wearing her new hoodie, so it's like, right? your allegiance to your band, you have it, right? Like, I don't care. He could have been selling, like, Bob Dylan condoms or vibrators, and, like, I would have bought it. Like, right. Because he just, yeah. you know, he put out, it's the anniversary of Blood on the Tracks. He puts out merch for it. Like, I'm going to do it. And that's what he does. Like, he knows he'll put it out, and crazy people like us will buy it. That's just how it is. Absolutely. But then sometimes you pass, and you, you uh, regret it. Like, we were in Montreal, my wife and I, last year, and I saw a copy of uh, Bootleg Series Volume 1 on vinyl. I'm like, I've never even seen this on, on vinyl. And it's like, hummed and hawed. It was like 100 bucks. I was already spending more than that on records that day. And it was just like, mm, I'm going to pass. And immediately regret it. Um, as for the tour, you mentioned, you know, aging artists going on tour. Bob Dylan is always on tour. He's on, like, his tour right now is called The Never Ending Tour. The Never Ending Tour. So, like, until that tour ends. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's been going on for years. Are you guys going to go see him this year? I have to check his... I have no plans to see him this year. I have to check his dates. Um, I didn't see any, like, I... In terms of traveling a far distance to Mm -hmm. go see him, that's probably not in the cards. Um, And he was just on the East Coast in the fall, I think. Yeah, yeah. New York and other that might have been the closest might have been the closest I think he played Lowell too which is like oh right Lowell Mass well that would have been in December yeah and I would have like and again I have my cousins down there but it just wasn't like timing didn't line up to go down there I'd go if he played like Portland I'd go I'd maybe do Montreal maybe Quebec City um, but it costs a damn fortune to go see anyone when you live in New Brunswick. Right. It's, and I'm, I'm kind of of that notion now where if it's especially an older artist that you're... Like, if it were Gordon Lightfoot, I wouldn't want to just go to a harbor station. I would want to go to an Imperial Theater so yeah. I can hear him. I totally saw Gordon Lightfoot at the Imperial Theater. Me too. <laughs> he touched my hand. So we were probably all at the same show. We were all the same Exactly. Year and a half ago. But yeah. it's like those things where I don't want to go see Steely Dan in a massive stadium in Toronto. I want to go to, like, Beacon Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Where he enjoys to play. So it's like, yeah. would you guys invest in going to see Bob Dylan in a place where he loves actually playing? Or is it just like out of the realm? Because that's, I, I made the choice only in the past few weeks that if I were to see Primus, Oysterhead, or Steely Dan this year, I wasn't just going to do it in like a main, a Toronto. Like I would actually yeah. go and do it or I would wait. And if it ends up being a regret, then it was probably uh, better. At, so I'm going to say, I'm going to say Yes. But two things. If he played at Harbor Station again, I would go in a heartbeat. I don't uh, care. That camping this... out for tickets. <laughs> I don't care if people say the sound is shitty or the key is shitty. Yeah. And whatever. I, I of course you go. go. Yeah. Uh, but you're talking, would I invest and say go to New York City and see him at the Beacon Theater or wherever? Because he does play like he a is, lot of the same venues. Yeah. He I obviously has his favorites. When he's doing small, smaller shows, like he has his favorites that he always reads. And yeah. Because like, I can I imagine that show like him playing in a spot that he loves. Yeah, 2,500, Is a different show on the never-ending yeah. tour than when he plays Portland. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I think I would, especially if it's, like, his health starts deteriorating yeah. and, like, you know, the never-ending tour is Like, conscious spending also in, like, fashion and life is yeah. good, but I think it's important now as music lovers to be conscious about our spending on vinyl. Yeah. Like, if it's only two or three songs on a 12-track album and you're buying it for 30 plus dollars you should probably just keep your streaming service and listen to it when you can and try to get into it mm. and then maybe love the record a bit more to buy it and same like for me like if I'm going to go see the Dan I don't want to do it in a place where it's mediocre I'd want to do it where it's like an epic spot make a memory and then like go big go home on it yeah I definitely think if I were to see him again like next time I go if I can um, I want to I would invest in like floor tickets like I want to get close I got up I think I've shared the story before on the show the time I got right up to the front stage at the at the bar of the stage yeah but and you caught your eye yeah like you caught his eye yeah (laughs) and I died um (laughs) 
But I, but I would love to, I would invest the money to like get a seat up front and to spend the whole show there. Cause when I went up that time, it was a public fluke. disclaimer. This is just a hologram of Sharice Letson. Yeah. I <laughs> died. Brandon tried to get my, my dead ass back Bob across Dylan the endorsed. border. <laughs> you know, he couldn't. Um, yeah. You're but, not going to regret that money. You're not no, even going to think about that money once, no. once you spent it. Like I can't like, you know what I mean? Like, cause always seeing him. I remember that show in Portland, he was mm-hmm. playing like all his, it was his Frank Sinatra cover album came yep. out so he was playing a lot of that and a lot of stuff from Tempest and a lot of people go for like Bob Dylan fans a lot of people go to hear the classics but he only had like four classic songs on the whole entire set and people like were walking out and leaving the show yeah. and it just really you know what I mean and it's just like people only come for the hits you know what I mean? But while he's kind of always evolving, but then there's the diehard people. It's just like, I wish you could play, you know, just like a woman, but you know, we're going to stay here because I stand, you know what I mean? Yep. But yeah, man, I remember reading the show, like a, the Portland is in Portland at Thompson's point. I remember reading the newspaper, the, the article that came out of the review of the show. And they're like, yeah, people were like getting up and leaving. And I'm just like, you spent all this money. Like anyway, yeah, I, I can totally picture it. Yeah. Uh, I know after the show, the last time he played here, I've heard so many people give me bad reviews of that show. I know. And I'm like, I mean, you can critique the sound, I guess, for sure, in, in Harbor Station, but... People, uh, yeah. Like, that was the first time I ever saw him. And I'm, I was only four rows back, and I was 16, and, like, I was crying like an idiot, like, when he came on stage. <laughs> but, like, it was Bob, right? He was, yeah. like you know, and still is kind of like, oh my God, right? Yeah. Like he was, you know, he was like, he, you know, this guy that's a musician that transformed my life who I yeah. never thought I'd see. And here he was in my humble little city that, you know, we didn't deserve to be graced with his presence. But right. <laughs> anyways, and I just thought it was the greatest show of my life. Yeah. Right. And it probably is up there the first time I saw him. But then <laughs> everyone in hindsight, years later, people saying, well, how bad it was and having seen him several other times since not as close and no. maybe not, you know, but it, objectively he's put on better shows, yeah. but it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's not the best show I've seen, but you know, it doesn't matter because obje- like for what that show meant to me, you know what I mean? That's where it what makes it the best, like yeah. one of the best, my favorite shows I've ever been. And okay. I'm lucky to be just old enough that I have seen him play guitar and play, you know, a set that was heavy and all like the yeah. 60s and 70s oh, that's awesome. hits and stuff but yeah okay so i got another fun question so hearing you guys speak a lot about like some of the documentaries and stuff that you guys have watched and like things being like some facts some not some what do you wanted sprinkled in what do you think will be like the bob dylan legacy on tour like the actual well like what do you think will happen, like, as he starts to not fade away, but I mean, like, he seems to be like a mysterious kind of guy, does things on purpose, and then people are like, he's a quirky one. And that's from an outside, that's just my yeah. outside perspective. Like, what's his legacy going to be after he's gone, you mean? Yeah, like, I'm wondering, I mean, like, is he going to do something honest, funny? He's 70, what is he, 70? He's like 77, I think. Yeah. 76, 77. Like, he's not, yeah. Yeah. So, unless he's superhuman, he's not going to be around that much longer. Sadly. Yeah. Uh,. I hope there's still the mystery there. I hope, like, after he's gone, you know, like, his family and estate doesn't just be like, well, here's the real deal. Right, yeah. Right? That's that's kind of, that's what I'm wondering. Like, is there going to be this, like, whole mystery revealed 10 or 20 years later? Is it going to be this, like, really interesting, colorful tour? Is it, gonna, like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, because I, I don't know I hope enough. we never get to be able to completely separate the fact from fiction, but yeah, you know, who knows? He's always big about, like, he's kind of, like, in the most recent documentary, the Rolling Thunder Review documentary, as we talked about in our the last episode we did together, a lot of that, there's parts of it that were bullshit. It right. It was purposely bullshit. Oh, yeah. And the idea of, and the, one of the big themes of that whole doc was kind of building your own myth and that myth-making and kind of that whole thing that followed him around, right? Yeah, so that's and, kind of what intrigues me about him yeah. as, like, a man and, like, a songwriter yeah. and stuff is, like, you always notice, like, really incredible, like, artists just I would say exceptional people have this ability to be like really amazingly mysterious or like always have their ducks in a row in some way they still continue to surprise you and and keep you there and I I, I appreciate it I'd say it'd be like the Jason Bourne of movies (laughs) where they're just like always one step ahead where you're just like holy shit like when Prince his stuff all came out it's like all this music and stuff right like it makes me wonder like what what will Bob give the fans yeah, I don't know. Like, I could see a goat. 
either way. Like I could, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he like, you know, when he goes or is getting ready to go, he like unleashes like the, like kind of what Leonard Cohen did like this really dope album mm. or like he leaves behind all this stuff to like put out like after he's gone. Or I could see him on the other coin being like, you got what you got. That's it. Yeah. Cause yeah. he doesn't like, I, he doesn't, yeah, I got, I hope not. But, <laughs> but like, my hope is the vault just never gets emptied. Just, yeah, just cause like, he, 20 yeah. years after he's gone, there's like, oh, well, there's all this stuff from, you know, Blood on the Tracks again that we forgot to put out last time. Well, it's like I yeah. see it happening with like bands that I've listened to, like Nirvana, where it's like, mm. how many times are you going to put out live at Reading? Mm. Yeah. Like you can put out the main albums, but how many so times? Nirvana is like, oh, struggling though because it was such a short window. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> how oh, much it's, stuff could there really be? It's the 39th be? anniversary of. It's like, yeah. uh, like I don't want to buy that final, guys. And it's like yeah. even this, the playlists now on Spotify are like for those anniversary editions mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So I guess I really appreciate, like I said, artists, bands who really go the extra mile to keep their fans kind of really part of them like you look at Grateful Dead Fish like any any place that has a tribe really I think Bob Dylan does have a tribe maybe not the same as like the Grateful Dead Fish scale but I think he he definitely has a tribe but he doesn't have a relationship with his tribe. No. I think the same as it's like he's like Beyonce and these other ones is there a Bob Dylan identifier Mm. um not really (laughs) I don't think so because I think I you know, like, the, can you spot them in the wild? Like, <laughs> yeah. are, you, you. are you a BDD? Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Right? Like, it's not like a roller derby jersey where you like see the logo and you're like, roller derby. Right. Or, yeah. like, or a tie-dye you know. t-shirt with a right. teddy bear on You're like, oh my God, what's yeah. up? Right? Yeah, no. <laughs> Unless, I think like, I don't, you know, I think his fans kind of come from kind of all walks of life in yeah. a way and like from all different ages and stuff like that you could definitely tell when you go to Bob Dylan shows people who like are there to see Bob Dylan like and then you can just, you can tell like the really hardcore mm. yeah fans. the old the old ones and then there's young <laughs> ones like okay so I saw so I have a Bob Dylan tattoo I have his eye like logo tattoo yeah. on my on my ankle by my ankle and like there's a chick in front of me in Portland she has that huge on her back you know what I mean and she's there like ripping the bong and then you see there's this other guy beside her that's like you know totally different look and style but like he was like you could tell he was hardcore at a shirt like he was standing up for every song he was like you know really paying attention like it was just it's really neat because there's just such a wide variety of people and that he's kind of his music kind of touched everyone and can you know impact anyone yeah if they let it that's not sweet so sweet. If they let it. If they let it. Huh. Live, love, laugh. <laughs> love, laugh. Live, love, laugh. Listen to Bob. <laughs> but I think he'll, his legacy will always be a bit mysterious and a little bit kind of just difficult. Yeah. yeah. He's always been, that's the best word, I think, to sum him up in one word would be difficult. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hard yes. to encapsulate and say this is what he's all about because... Yeah, because he's had to deal with that from his very like from the very beginning of his career. Like, so he started off as like this traditional kind of folk singer, and then you know when he went electric, he got so much hate for it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And people tried to like put him in a box. And like you watch old like press interviews, they just were just you're just like poor guy, like genuinely poor guy, right? Trying yeah. to put him in a box and like why aren't you doing this? And you're betraying the folk. You know, well he was just trying to, you know, play his music and you know evolve as an artist and they kind of wouldn't let him and I think the legacy of that kind of did follow through his whole career until today you know he seldom does interviews he doesn't really care to explain himself when he does put stuff out you know he'll purposely put in things to fuck with you you know what I mean and I think that's sort of and he'll just do things to really surprise you like yeah like lend his music to Cadillac or do a Victoria's Secret commercial (laughs) he was in a Victoria's Secret commercial and you're just like you're gonna yeah. do what you're gonna do. Put out a Christmas album. Yeah. You know? Go on the Tonight Show and plug your whiskey. That was really weird. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon. That was like, <laughs> oh my god, when he like <laughs> was watching the circus with Jimmy Fallon. I was like, what am I watching right now? It sounds like a circus. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'll, we'll embed, we'll find the video on YouTube and we'll put it in the blog post. But yeah, so he does like these weird stuff. And you know, and in my opinion, how I always view it is like he can because he's he's Bob Dylan and he's always going to he he clearly made it known decades ago that he does not give a shit. He doesn't give <laughs> but, a fuck. Yeah. He doesn't well, He's lucky it. enough to have such enormous success early on and I, I feel like Neil Young was the same. Same. There's so much success early on that you can literally afford to do whatever the hell you want for the rest of your career. 
Yeah. Anyone that's gone to see Neil Young live knows that. It's like, he is not there to play what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care about you. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he appreciates his fans, but yeah. if you it's your first time seeing Neil and you're really hoping that he plays Heart of Gold, it's like, if it's not on the set list, it's not getting played. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think it just goes to, to show because a lot of artists today, like you see in a lot of their docu-series and YouTube series and stuff, like they're saying, you know, we've kind of just hands off for a bit because like we didn't know who to be and like we came into it let's say making country music or pop music or whatever and then people just they almost put you as a product so if you have any other specifications or features on your roadmap it's just like what is happening we are upset we you know and it's it's like you should be able to do a country album and like a rockabilly album and like a folk album and like a pop and an r&b album and the real fans appreciate the whole spectrum and the people that you collaborate in. It doesn't have, you don't have to like it all, but that's being a human being. Right. Yeah. Like Bob Dylan, he did, he, he had his religious phase. He put out a couple of gospel albums, you know, people are like mad about it, but wow. Yeah. People love it, but (laughs) some people love it. Some people, that's the only stuff they like or the stuff they like the most. And then some are like, meh, and it doesn't matter. Right. Um, and to that point, like you mentioned, like how they kind of stray from that kind of box that they're put into. Like I watched, I recently went last week to the uh, Once Were Brothers documentary about Robbie Robertson and the band. It, oh, was, yeah. it was playing in St. John for the test. I actually saw the day after that you had tagged yourself as going. Yeah. Oh. And I was so mad because it was like, I didn't realize oh, this algorithm. was happening. And I would have gone to this. But it, it's, um, it was produced like Bell and Crave TV had a hand in it. So it's probably yeah. going to be available for streaming soon. But anyway, so of course, as people who don't know, um, the band used to be called the Hawks and the Hawks were Bob Dylan's backing band for when he went electric, um, in the mid 1960s. So they were on tour with him while he was like playing like Europe and all that stuff. And every single show they, he would just, it was just booing the whole time, (laughs) except when Dylan played a few songs on acoustic guitar. But then when the band came out just booing the whole time and he's just so like, hard for the band like, yeah because they're like they're not like Bob be like they're booing me they're not booing you and then years later they went <laughs> right, out on yeah. tour with Bob again like in the early 70s and that time they were not booing you know yeah, what I mean because yeah. music had changed like yeah. the revolution had happened but you could only just imagine right just like going on stage every night and then as Dylan says in a talk right there's an interview he's like but they buy up buy the tickets up so quick right. like you know what I mean like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They want to be in the front row. To boo. So you can hear them booing. <laughs> People. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yes. So what do you think is going to kind of separate the next couple of years of Bob Dylan music? What do you think he's got on the horizon? Do you think it could, it could be three more albums of... Covers. Covers and American Standards and Sinatra. I don't know. He's... I didn't think he was going to... He's done, what, three of those already? Mm. I think um, the last original one like, was a Tempest, right? That he did. Yeah. Tempest. Yeah. Yeah. And, and probably put out some more bootleg series that we're going to go by. Oh, there's going to be... Yeah. <laughs> like, countless bootlegs. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a bootleg for every major release that's already come out. Mm-hmm. There'll be a bootleg version of that. Is Bob, I'm sure. Is Bob Dylan as the person very interactive at all with fans in any capacity? No. I, th- I would say he's famous for not, not being interactive. That's what it's... Yeah, okay. No, he's as, yeah, very mysterious. I would... Like, oh my God. Like, if he, like, acknowledged anyone's... Pre- like, our existence, he'd just be like, wow. Like, like he would... Like, no stage banter. No like, stage banter. Every time I've seen him, typically we'll play, like, four or five or six songs before he even acknowledges the crowd but and it'll just be a quick like hey. you know so, hello I'm here and people are like oh my thank God. you and that's, that's it yeah, that's me uh, <laughs> you're welcome and then he'll he'll, he'll, he'll probably introduce the band mm-hmm. you know but yeah it's interesting I guess too when you look at him as a character too because it's not like he's like Kiss trying to itemize out his whole collection or his merch or whiskey but it's like in a sense he is but he's not doing the other part of it where he's engaging with people and people are buying it up so I find it interesting because he doesn't have to be doing the VIP meet and greets and that's probably where he'd coin her he doesn't have to do anything do you know what I mean and you guys are fine with it if anything you revel in it (laughs) yes (laughs) 
Right? And, and that's totally, that's kind of neat. It's rad, yeah. I think. But I just, I find it interesting that he's able to go out and, like, be on Jimmy Fallon. And, like, I don't, he, I don't know him, but I don't think he wants to be there. But he's probably being... Probably not. Paid a lot, and it's just part of the, the strategy, and it's a part of the income, and he doesn't have to do much, and it's yeah, shame your face and buy. And yeah, and he's, like, probably passionate. I know he like he threw a lot into his, like, uh, metalworking and whiskey mm-hmm. part of his business, so he's probably, like, he probably doesn't want to be there, but he's probably like, hmm, but you got to do what you got to do. We've gone this far down the road. He also yeah. reminds me of someone who's, like, obviously almost 80 years old, who's seen a lot, who would be potentially more political right now but isn't interesting you say that because back in the day like when he was a folk singer he was you know he was very he he had some of his early early songs are about the civil rights movement and stuff like that and him and joan Baez, who was very political and and still an activist to this day um they perform they dated they performed together they were friends and then it's funny because in the in the documentary no direction home which i highly recommend anyone interested watch um she's like you know she's like i still go into like sit-ins and stuff today and they're like and people always ask her is bob coming and she's like no you moron (laughs) they he never came like he never will yeah Yeah. (laughs) he never will he just i think because he reminds me of someone who like although he might sell let's say this hoodie or whiskey that he would like work with a brand to do something sustainable for like climate change or Mm -hmm. like for the people or something like you see but like he also doesn't give a shit about people so it's funny how you can have someone who's so genuine and sincere and true to who they are but also doesn't have to have the other hand yeah he's very private and mysterious like yeah. I don't know what his Maybe politics are. Yeah. I think we should all learn to be more like Bob Dylan. That's <laughs> just, what I've learned from this crazy right? cast. Keep to your damn self <laughs> and oh. do your shit. And also, public service announcement. Would you look at that? Oh my goodness. Your ears are cold. Why don't you put on a tube, Kate? Well, I would, but it's, I guess, not long enough to go past my ears. Or is that just the style? <laughs> public service announcement from Strange Cruise. <laughs> Your toque is meant to cover your ears. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, new short toques by Strange Grooves. Coming soon. <laughs> but if Bob Dylan put out a short toque. Cool, buddy. And in the words that he'd say, wow, it would they, they sell those cool. tickets or whatever he says. <laughs> buy up the, sh- the short toques. <laughs> oh, my God. Just buy them up. I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still getting over that like impression to be. You don't do them very often, so or ever. Bob I guess. Dylan's the most like easily like he's a very. A lot of people like to make fun of him. When I picture him, I picture the we are the we are the world. where he's just like mm-hmm. does not want to be there. <laughs> Every time, it doesn't matter if he's on your shirt, on your uh-huh. records. All I see is him going. I think mm-hmm. that and I. <laughs> And I love it. It's not making fun. I just, I appreciate no. it. It's me. I get it. He stands in that truth. Like, he's like, I signed the contract. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm not putting any more effort <laughs> into this. As Kate calls it in her marketing workshops, the bare minimum. <laughs> I'm doing the bare minimum that I need to secure the bag and get the fuck out of here. Get the whiskey at the door. <laughs> and I think that's a lesson we can all yeah. learn from. What a great! That group. would have been so so weird. That group together record. So you have Bob Dylan in the eighties, who had basically fallen right off the map, right? And who else? Like everybody who was anybody who was like Whitney Houston, Michael Jackson. Everybody's there, right? That would be so strange. <laughs> I wonder what time of day it was shot at. <laughs> right, eight a.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are just like, Woo! She's like, I don't want to be here. We are the world. <laughs> They're just like getting into their parts. <laughs> does he have a, he has a verse in that song, right? And it's super out of place. Oh yeah, he does. <laughs> oh my goodness. God. It's just, just, and you're just like, oh, that's Bob Dylan in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God. It's funny because he does get, yeah, I mean, he's kind of a character. People mimic him all the time. And, but I find he, he's not even like if you listen to more recent recordings, he doesn't sound like doesn't that. sound like that anymore. He does not. It's almost like he just kind of owns his voice now, mm-hmm. where he's, he's probably spent a couple decades, you know, fighting it and trying to pretty it up. And yeah. um, whether he was successful or not, that's for <laughs> listeners to decide, right? But I do find like the last twenty years, he's just kind of like, this is it. This is my voice, and this is how I'm going to sing. Mm-hmm. And it's actually refreshing to hear. Like him, just sort of own it. Yeah. Be like it's yeah, it's gravelly. It's 
it's who I am. It's who I am. Yeah. And you're going to buy it anyway. <laughs> yeah. And even if you hate listening to it, you're going to, I'm still going to get the coin. Yeah. 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 I like that. That was good. That was really good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, well, I mean, purchasing power, especially when it comes to your favorite artists, is important. But I just find it very amusing that he's just like, eh. Yeah, like he's so, oh my God. And then he did, speaking of like this merch and stuff, remember I sent you this. So he did, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Dan, but when the Rolling Thunder Review documentary came out, like he licensed his name or like partnered with this like indie clothing company to come up with, like a clothing company never heard before, to come up with like a Rolling Thunder Review line. So they had like denim jackets, like Rolling Thunder Review, like tour jackets and like the hat, like a replica of the hat he wore with the feather Uh in it. And I'm just like... Sitting there. I somehow missed that. Yeah. Oh, no. You, your wallet, your credit card's going to thank you. I somehow resisted. But I remember I right? sent it to you and oh, I was just I, like, I think I'm... Um, I might have that hat. Now. Yeah. So it's this hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I guess I'm not, you know, I'm either going to, you know, not eat this month or I'm, you know, I didn't, I didn't. But like, I find it's, it's interesting that he does stuff like that. Like he'll do kinds of partnerships with like kind of smaller brands and throw it Strange grooves. Yeah. Right. You imagine. <laughs> And hopscotch. And a new event coming to you. R.I.P. R.I.P. Right. Uh, me. Um, yeah, with the news. She's just like, just like, just looks to me. She pulls a Bob Dylan. That's what we'll call, we'll call it. Yeah, it just disappears. Um, yeah, so he partners, he's partnered with like smaller companies and clothing designers and stuff like that. But like the, mu- the, the most I've ever seen of it is like I catch the Facebook post from his, you know, official page or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's they're definitely targeting us. Oh yeah. yeah. They're, <laughs> they're just like, can confirm this, this dumb person spent $80 American on blood on the tracks hoodie. She's definitely oh, yeah. going to buy the $200 Rolling Thunder Review hat. And they're always listening, so... Yeah, they're always... If I check my Facebook after this is over, they're going to be like, you mentioned Bob up, Dylan like 55 up. times in the last hour, so... Yeah. yeah. Here you go. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. No. So what did you guys bring with you, anyways? Or is this going to be being played at Five and Dime as well? Uh, yeah, I, I have no idea what I'm going to... I'm going to basically just bring everything to Five and Dime, and... um I'll have a list kind of to go off of, but then we just... I'll take requests if anybody's out there wants to hear something. I have a lot of it. I'll have some. Yeah. And what time do you start? <laughs> uh, we're going to start around 7 o'clock. Gotta love that. Early nights. Also, yes. it's a it's something else going on that going mm. on that day. I don't know. It's like... It's someone's birthday? Yeah. And the name rhymes with... Bait Shilberry. <laughs> I've been looking for a nickname my whole life, guys. Bait Shilberry it is. The new name is Bait, apparently. And I'm living for it. I'm living for it. It's your birthday! Yes. So, it, it will be my birthday. My 31st birthday. And I will go see what you What better way home. to spend it? I know. It's a Wednesday night. Bob Dylan early. all night. It's truth. I'll probably eat like a chicken dinner, come out, walk home. Have a nice puff. It'll be it'll be lovely. It's right. the best way to spend a birthday. So, like guys, if you're listening, you're in St. John. There's really no reason you get to possibly see Kate. You get to see Kate, and you get to see Dan and listen to Bob <laughs> Dylan. Like I don't. It's gonna be fucking dope. Yeah, I'm cherry on top. You're there. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. You also get to and see. you're at the five and nine, and we haven't we haven't been there in a little bit, so that'll be nice to kind of catch up. Coming out of hi- hibernation <laughs> slightly for one night. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, I brought some stuff today, and yeah, I will definitely bring this uh, to five and nine. So if you come out to five and nine, you're going to hear obviously some stuff you already know. Hopefully, uh, some stuff that you don't. Um, but anyway, I brought some cool stuff today. So the first thing I brought was this box set. Uh, bootleg series number five Bob Dylan Live 75 Rolling Thunder Review um, easily the most expensive uh, piece of Bob Dylan uh, oh music that I own oh. but it's absolutely beautiful it's, I need uh, second spin Matt and <laughs> Mike and Chris if you're listening so apparently they're supposed to order this in for me and I don't think it ever came in but it was expensive, so I'm almost kind of thankful. But I love this bootleg series. Like, I have the playlist. You can listen to it like on Spotify. But I was like, I really want to own this. You know? I mean, I've got a lot of live Dylan stuff, but this era is really awesome. You can't it's see so it. aggressive and energetic and um, yeah. 
Precisely. Like if you watch the documentary we were talking about on Netflix, the first thing I noticed when they were showing live footage was how engaged Bob seemed. Like he's like, I was like, this is not like him. Like he's singing, looking at the camera, looking at the crowd, and he's very present. And I'm like, it's a rare moment that's in not time. Like him. He, like should it be, is- he should be looking at you know the bass player and shooting him dirty looks for missing his mark, but. And I think, yeah, I think some of my favorite live versions like of Dylan tunes are on here. And also, I really just love, like, some of the versions on here in general. Like, I almost... Oh, it starts right off, tonight I'll be staying here with you. Yeah. Hard Rain, like that... First time you hear that, it's like, I've never heard that song that way. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. Which is just, like, the whole thing about, like, with Bob Dylan live recordings and bootlegs, which I'll probably get into later because I brought a set with me, too, is that, like... (laughs) The different versions, like, you hear them, and they totally can change the way you listen to the song, or the song changes meaning to you, yeah. and it's just... Or it's he'll boring. just change an entire verse. Yeah, and um, then you're just, it will fuck you up. Like, I, he changed, um, he played Tangled Up in Blue when I saw him in Portland. That was one of, like, the three classic songs he played, and he yeah. switched up a verse, and, and that's one of my favorite Dylan songs of all time, and I just was like, I was like... Fuck! Like, yeah. I was just like, it totally like changed the story. Yeah. It like changed the way I related to the song, and like added a whole other layer to like the storytelling and the mystery. And it just like, like that's what the beauty of him is. I could just go on all day. Anyways, <laughs> continue. What do you have next? <laughs> uh, so next, I have sidetracks, um, which I just picked up today in Moncton. Yeah. Um, so this is a. It's kind of like a, a greatest hits, but not. So a lot of this stuff is on greatest hits and it's on like literally more than half of it appears on biograph. But if you're a completist, you have to have this because there's a, there's a few tracks that only show up on here. Like things have changed is on here on the third. It's the last song on the third disc. Right. Um, you know, that's his Oscar winning song. Right. Right. You got to have it. Yeah. That's a, yeah, he also played that too in Portland. I guess you would count that. As, would you count that as classic Dylan? Things I, have changed. I think it is now. Now it is, yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but when he played here, he actually had his Oscar statuette. Like the actual Oscar was here. Really? Yeah. And when he played that song, did you just like? I hope it was here. I could be getting this mixed up with another. I show. was crying. But I remember times. being with my, <clears throat> being with my brother, and him pointing out. He's like dude, he's got the Oscar. And it was very subtle. Like, he didn't, you know, it wasn't just like... That's cool. Because obviously he doesn't engage with the crowd very much, no. so it's not like he was going to hey, say, Hey, y'all, like, here's my Oscar. All right, I'm going to play this Oscar-winning track from, the, you know, the Wonder Boys soundtrack. Uh, he Just without anyone noticing, all of a sudden, like, on one of the speakers, there was a little light was turned on, and then there was a little tiny spotlight on that this little so gold cool. statue. And then when the song was over, like, somebody came out and turned that off. Oh, my goodness. What is this? It looks like we have a strange Phil Collins. <laughs> oh, my goodness, strange crew. We have a Phil Collins right now live on the podcast. Hi, Jill. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Oh, my goodness. We're just here having a podcast. What are you up to? Well, I just had some pizza. Now I'm uh, hanging out at home. Nice. Oh, my um, goodness. Thank um, you. Thank you so much the, for calling. Uh, oh my gosh, no problem. I wish I could be there. Well, we're Next happy time. you could fill Colin. We're really appreciative <laughs> appreciative of it. Yeah. How's the uh, Dylan podcast going? It's going really well. Kate's like, I love how she's like kind of guiding us through. The I'm prepared. I have questions. Yeah. I'm curious. And we're I'm just intrigued. going off. I'm yeah. also trying to. I'm trying to bond with Sharice through Bob Dylan, <laughs> and I love that so much. So you're meeting. Oh, that's great. That's great. What are you, what are you um, and Aid and Rupert up to tonight? Just hanging out? Well, yeah, we just, like I said, we ordered pizza. Now we're probably going to, you know, do that adulting shit, dishes and laundry and all that other crap that everybody needs doing. And that's probably it. I'll probably put my jams on here in about 10 minutes. Hell yeah. Can't wait to put my jams on Feel personally. That. <laughs> Does Bob Dylan have any jammies? Probably. You should pitch him a, a collab. He's in the 70s. He definitely, he definitely has, has jammies. We're a small business. We could pitch him a, a collab. Right. St. John Moncton is a great place for PJ pants. We'd sell it in like moments. 
We have the the data to per, like to really propel this. Yeah, if you could like <laughs> partner with a small like company in Budfuck Nowhere America, he could partner with us on pajamas, right? Crazy. That's what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Yeah. See, yeah, exactly. Well, I like that guy though. Yeah, so for those of you who are now listening to this call and this strange Phil call in uh, from Jill Hamer, she is one of our newest creators um, and one of our newest patrons as well. We love her. We love you, Jill. You're fucking awesome. Usually, Usually you're not on the phone, so like usually we just like, I don't know, crush on you super hard when you're like not on the phone. So. So, hey, I don't oppose the crushing any which way or form. I'm fine with it. And you know about Bob Dylan uh, tribute night at the Five and Dime next Wednesday? Yes, yes. You know what? I hate to admit it. I've never been to the Five and Dime. Well, perfect. And I know. And I'm only on the jealous of all the photos because it looks so cozy and so amazing. And I'll bet that it it is. It is. It is. It is. We can confirm, confirm, and you can come confirm for yourself on Wednesday, March 11th, (laughs) Kate Milbury's birthday, 7 o'clock at the 5 time. We're just driving this home. (laughs) Okay, okay. I'll get schooled on Bob Dylan. I'm down. And um, for also the uh, Strange Crew, if you're listening, uh, Jill did just recently put out an awesome playlist about her Sunday tunes. Hell yeah. Um, And she's got another one coming out soon. So if you haven't listened to that, um, go definitely check that out on her website and follow her along on Spotify because she has some pretty stellar tunes. Thanks, guys. Please, yes, follow me, and I'll follow you back because I love new music. Love new music. So before we let you go, we want to know, is there anything Bob Dylan-related that you would like to share? Um, or ask? No. Um, yeah, actually, I was wondering, and this probably has been asked, and I'll probably hear it when I listen to the podcast, but what's, Sharice, why do you, like, what's your huge, like, love of Bob Dylan where does that stem from um I would say um I guess I'd say it would start with his songwriting I think yeah yeah like you know I'll I'll be the first to say he's not the most beautiful singer in the world (laughs) and he's not you know he's not some no guitar virtuoso or anything like that but I think what that's what really connected me to his music was his um ability to write songs that um that can connect with people and you know I always say I always say this that he Bob Dylan has a song for every human situation human emotion you can experience in life he has a song for that how about you how about you Dan yeah what Sharice said yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) same wavelength and do you and Jill know each other Jill Hamer I don't know if we've met Dan Diana no 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 Okay, well, well, we'll have to see. next Wednesday you'll have to meet. Yeah. Be great. Yes. Look at this, yes. just connecting everybody. <laughs> Love it. Well, Jill, thank you so much for your Phil call in, and I can't wait to see you at work tomorrow. Yes, have a good night, guys. Thank you so much. We see love you. you. Love you. Bye. That was awesome. That's a great segment. Well, we love we love our strange callers, all the things that come in. We've got lots of new things coming in. We even have strange submissions. Now. Yes, we have a strange. We'll get to that. I was a little slow on the uptake. I didn't know what you were talking about. That's okay. Phil I totally Colin, didn't give you Phil a, Colin, and, and didn't give you a like... heads up. I was like, oh shit, I forgot to tell him this. So that was great. That was awesome. fun. Yeah. Right. Um, so where were we? So we were on sidetracks. Right. Yeah. Um, I, like I said, I just got this today, so I haven't even listened to it yet. Um, but it's got. This lovely picture, which is from uh, the love Vincent of Vincent Price mustache is yeah. my favorite. Right? Yeah. So what kind of jammies does that guy wear, right? Yeah. Oh my, that's... that's Smoking jacket. I feel like he has like prosthetics <laughs> on his cheeks, and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping for some kind of color booklet included, but... It he didn't bless us with that Doesn't seem to be this. the case, but... There's definitely one with the Rolling Thunder review, if you want to look through that afterwards. Yeah, I definitely will. Um, Do you want to go through all mine, then yours? Yeah, yeah. Let's go through yours. I also brought Band of the Hand, which is... I don't know if I brought this the last time I was on I think it looks familiar. Yeah, so it's a soundtrack to a movie in the 80s, but uh, the title track is Band of the Hand, and it's written by Dylan and performed by him and the Heartbreakers, like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. So that's pretty cool. 
this one here is a bootleg that I got at Cherizad. So shout out to uh, Cherizad. Even though I'm probably not saying that name right. Um, but they bring in a lot of kooky stuff like this. Um, Robert, Z- Robert Zimmerman plays Bob Dylan. Studio recordings, November 61 to November 62. So this would have been when he was just starting out, still playing in um, the village. And it's got a lot of stuff that would... um, It's basically highlights from the bootleg series volume one through three. Right. Um, And it's got a fun little typo there. It's supposed to say he was a friend of mine, track one on side one, but it's a friend ought mine. Yeah, so that's always fun. And for people wondering, Robert Zimmerman is Bob Dylan's real birth name. Oh, right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, because people were like, who's Robert Zimmerman? Right. (laughs) Yeah, so... He's a young man playing covers of Bob Dylan. (laughs) Uh, And this last one I brought is also something I picked up at uh, Shara's Ed. So at this point... um, Mike, who brings in all the music for um, chairs at Books and Music, um, should probably just call me anytime he gets something like this in. Any weird and strange Bob Dylan, I'll just automatically buy it. Uh, but this is, it says right on it, 3LP German import, Bob Dylan, Gaslight Tapes. Um, so this is from uh, the Gaslight uh, Bar, Tavern, uh, what was this Cafe. Anyway, this would have been... It's close to the same era. Um, so early 60s, 63. Right, right. Um, no, I was curious because like that's not 1963 Bob Dylan on the box. No, yeah, definitely the photo they chose. <laughs> I mean, it's it's clearly a bootleg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the photo they chose does not line up with the, the era that this stuff would have been recorded on or during. And I wish they would have put the dates, but it's pretty yeah, bare bones. Oh, cool. yeah. yeah. But it sounds awesome, and there's stuff on here that I've never heard. Like, there are songs that are that I've just never heard before. Wow. Yeah. That's so that's fun. Very fun. Yeah. What did you bring? So, <clears throat> out of my, so I brought, obviously, Blood on the Tracks. I wanted to match my sweater, so I had to bring <laughs> the coordinate the record. And when we had our last uh, Strange Grooves night at Hopscotch, yes. you actually messaged me. To see if I was bringing this album yes, or not. Yeah, like, I was like, who's one bringing, of us is gonna bring it. I'm like, so. who's bringing blood on the tracks? Like, is it need to coordinate? Because like I was carrying a bunch of stuff, so like I didn't yeah. want to duplicate. Yeah. So who's bringing? Because it was you know love and heartbreak the theme, and this has everything. Yep. In one album, so this is like my favorite. Always my Desert Island disc. Um, some of my favorite songs are on here. It's a masterpiece. I stand. Um, <laughs> So this is interesting. I'm kind of proud of this one. So I got this from uh, Evan Lenny. Shout out to Evan. Listen to his new podcast, Recipes and Records, on Spotify. Um, so when I was down uh, visiting my family in, in Lowell, yeah. um, he's like, I think I have what's in an original mono pressing of Blonde on Blonde. And I'm like, really? No, you don't. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you don't. I'm pretty sure this is, though. Um, because, so first of all, it is a mono pressing and if you flip on the inside mono oh, pressing, yes. it has this picture of this woman who i'm not oh, sure see who it now is. i wish i had brought my copy so we could compare oh i should have coordinated volume three volume three volume <laughs> three on the strange cruise podcast it'll be like the volume bootleg series the strange cruise bootleg series yeah volume three so yeah so this is um only do you know mod- the story why it was not included no. in later pressings. Do you know? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> sorry. To tease hey, you I like do. that. I'm just joking. It's like I researched so hard for this. What? <laughs> I'm fucking dropping the tea. So yeah, I'm not sure what happened. Maybe she sued. Maybe she was pissed. Yeah, it could be a simple explanation. Yeah. Like so, anyways, this is only on original mono copies, I believe. Someone correct me. School me if I'm wrong. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is cool. It actually plays really well. And yeah. this was just a really. And it cost two hundred dollars. Probably. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't buy it. Like, it was given to me as a oh, gift. Oh, nice. Yeah, so Evan um, gave this to me as a, as, a, as a gift, and I thought that was super thoughtful. And um, Any copy of Blonde on Blonde is a is great gift, thought, but that's yeah. really awesome. Yeah, wow. so that's um, this one definitely, you know, means a lot to me, along with uh, Blood yeah. on the Tracks. Oh, and look, the same scarf reappears. Oh, look. The same scarf. <laughs> Hello. So this is... Uh, Bob loves scarves. So this is the one um, Bob Dylan box set I do have. Um, it's Bob Dylan, 1965 to 1966, The Best of the Cutting Edge, Bootleg Series, Volume 12. 
So this has um, here several. Oh my god! It has a C- came with the CD. This Maybe is just... Highway 61 era. Yes, yeah. yes, um, like Rolling Stone era. Yeah. So it has. Um, I love those. Four. Yeah, four. Sleeves. Yeah. No, three. Three. Yeah. Three. Three records, um, and it comes with a really neat book. And it comes with two CDs because Bob Dylan always because he always thinks of the people, <laughs> even though he acts like he doesn't. And you yeah. know, if you don't have a record player, he's going to give you CDs too. Um, so I bought this because um, I bought this also when I was down in Lowell. Oh, so um, this is everything on the LPs I think so. on CD. Yeah, I think so, or most of it anyway. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So I got. Yeah, never this. mind the download card. Here's yeah, the actual here's the CD. CDs, bitches. Um, so yeah, I got this in Lowell, and um, I bought it because I remember when the analysis was coming out, and they had like you know the Spotify playlist come out and stuff, and they had a video um, for a version of an alternate version of Visions of Joanna, and it's on YouTube, and it's like a very like upbeat, rockin' version of Visions of Joanna, while the original is very mellow and melancholy, um, and I heard this version, and I was like holy shit like again it changed the way I listen to the song it changed the meeting it changed the way I you know like I associate with it and what it means to me and I was like well goddamn! like if this whole <laughs> bootleg series is going to be full of this I need to own it and um it is you know what I mean like there's several like there's one of these uh like one inside like of this one for instance it's uh two versions of like a rolling stone and then two different versions of desolation row and, that's a killer side. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> and it doesn't matter. And you'd be like, well, why would I want to listen to like only like two songs, like a yeah. whole album? But they're all going to be different, and they're all going to just like change the way you, you know, you listen and take in the music. Um, I'm and, surprised two versions of Desolation Row would even fit on the same side. Right, right. Well, some of them are just like some of them are a bit shorter, and some of them you can hear them like cut out. Like it's a lot of you know a lot of his uh, bootleg yeah. stuff. It's like live in the studio, right? You can hear them talking and stuff. And the other sides have a bit more variety. And yeah, as you mentioned, like the package, like the sleeves on these, like it's very nice, cool, hmm. like package um, with the Columbia record branding. And of course, it came with the book. Very cool book. Um, he's always been on Columbia. He's always been on, yeah. Yeah. Through good times and in bad. bad. They stuck with him. Yeah. He stuck, he stuck with them. Or he more. stuck with them yeah. more right. than yeah. more to the point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because he could have left and he's gone. Well, a lot of other artists would have just left and started their own label. Yeah. We just hit came with Andy Warhol. Like, really Fun. neat stuff. Um, it's interesting in that band documentary talks about um, Robbie Robertson. Um, David Geffen really got cozy with Robbie Robinson to try to sway Bob Dylan off of Columbia. Clearly did not succeed. <laughs> like, so yeah, those are the ones the ones I bought. Fun. Um, yeah. If you want me to bring any to the Five and Dime, I definitely will. Yeah, by but, all means. Yeah. But yeah, those are the ones I brought. I will treat them as if they were my own. I know you would. <laughs> I know you would. So question for you guys. Okay. So that that um, photo of him reminds me a lot of his son. Jacob, did you guys happen to watch Lord, uh, Echo in the Canyon yet? Did you yes. watch it? Yeah. Did you watch it? Go home after this and go watch it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I thought everyone watched it. Cause literally, I did too. I, it, I, it dropped on Netflix and then literally for I the, next, it three times. the next three days in the bar, like every single person that walked in the bar was like, so did you watch Echo in the Canyon? I'm like, yeah, well, I watched it as I soon as it came out. out. It's amazing. And so I'm curious because I watched it a couple of times and I felt like, although it was good, I felt mm. like it missed a lot. Yeah. Only in the, like, I don't know, there's a lot to that scene to try to like encapsulate, obviously, but he obviously has a lot of connections. And like, yeah. and I, I mean, you're seeing that scene through Jacob Dylan and... I'm not the hugest Jacob Dylan fan. No, but as someone who's not a, a Dylan fan, I, yeah. it's not like he was like, oh, and here's my dad. Or like, P.S., he said this about yeah. the 1967 scene when, like, the birds were doing this. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was nothing about him being his son, which no. I actually almost appreciated. Yeah, for sure. He did try. He always tried to. Like, it's hard to deny it because spitting, like, very much a spitting image. And he always mm. tried to, like, when he was doing the, with the wallflowers, he always tried to, like distance himself from his dad's legacy though like he kept his last name which is like <laughs> you know if you really wanted to yeah no no <laughs> but that's kind of funny to grow up like to grow up and yeah. use your dad's 
assumed identity. <laughs> right? Well, like, they all did. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And even his grandkids, but... Yeah. I'm, I'm I don't know, maybe, maybe his legal name is Bob Dylan. there's tons of, like, old know. footage of, like, mamas and the papas and stuff that you would love. Like, yeah, I've If you it. don't go home and watch it tonight mm-hmm. in your jam jams, yeah. I'm not hanging it But I need to edit the episode. Yeah, that's fine. The David, the the David Crosby interviews are the best. Yeah, like, it's, it's, it's just good, and it's not super long or anything. It's, like, what, under an hour? Mm, yeah, I don't, I don't know how long it is. Yeah, it was under it just, an hour. I'll tell you, it just flies by. Okay. Yeah. I will say some of the live parts, I was like, eh. But, like, if you're a fan, then, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But I kind of was just, like, eh, kind of crunchy. But mm. it was, it was, I liked them sitting around the table talking about records and doing things. That was a part that I really connected with. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter how famous you are or whatever. You can have something to share. So I was just curious. So go home and watch it. Yes, I will. Please. Thanks. And everyone, if you haven't watched it yet, if you're like me and have not watched it yet, <laughs> the only person on the face of the planet who hasn't watched this yet, you should watch it, too. And let's discuss yeah. But it really seemed like everybody I knew watched it well, the same time. Like it must yeah. have that must have come out on Netflix during a particularly slow <laughs> like, month in everyone's social calendar. I don't know, everyone seemed to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was I just found it super neat to see all the old footage and stuff like that. So mm. every time I notice I'm just like, Did you watch it? What's going on? Did you what did you like? What did you not like? Mm. I'll, I'll report back. I Good. Promise. Good. Um, we have a couple other areas of business. Yes, we do. So, strange submissions. Yeah, it's strange submission time. We have a strange submission. Um, so, for people who are just hearing about this for the first time, strange submissions is when you send us your stories, your music-related stories. Um, it could be your, you know, why you love a favorite record, a concert experience. You got, you know, a long-distance dedication for your ex-bay or your current bay. Maybe Everlong just makes you cry all the time. Yeah, like whatever. It's cool. Just like if you got stuff you want to get off your chest. Send it along to us. We'll read it on the show. You can remain anonymous if you want. Just make sure you clearly put that. Um, and yeah, if you if you want to get uh, you know your your shit aired <laughs> on the show, uh, you can uh, send your stories to us. You can send it to us on our Facebook page. You can shoot us an email at strangegrooves at gmail and we'll eventually probably get a form on our website for it. But in the meantime, just shoot us an email. All right. So this is from. Jillian, our pal Jillian. Um, Not Jill Hamer. No. Another Jillian. Another different Jill. Another Jill. Um, I believe she wrote this at our last Hopscotch event. We had notepads and stuff around. Yes, I remember. Yeah, so she wrote this. So I apologize. Um, I haven't read this over beforehand, so if I stumble... Y'all know why. Um, Okay. Dear Strange Groups crew, the year was 1999. I was in kindergarten and our yearbook was coming out. We were all expected to answer a simple questionnaire. One of the questions asked of our was our favorite song. At the ripe ages of four or five, the taste the the taste ca- of our the taste caliber the taste caliber of our answers <laughs> was immeasurable. The most popular answer for the girls in my class was Princess Princess of Pop's massive hit. Oh, the Princess of Pop's massive hit, Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. That I, Princess of Pop, okay. Yeah, that Princess of Pop. That could be, several people have claimed that title. Okay. I can only hope no one understood the meaning of those advanced lyrics. Anyway, <laughs> truth, <laughs> truth, <laughs> truth. <laughs> I was one of two girls that listed a different song. Music speaks to us all deep, differently, and I guess this experience goes to show you're never too young to march to the beat of your own drum. I wonder what her song was. What song did you put, Jillian? Get back to us. I want to know. Did you tell us the song? I don't think so. Did I miss it? No. Well, we'll have to find out. We're going to have to find out. Submission. Right. No, yeah, get back to us with another straight <laughs> submission. We need answers. And we have one more coming in anonymous. Oh my God. We have an anonymous strange submission. Oh. All right. So. As I was driving to pick up my daughter at school, Smells Like Teen Spirit came on the radio. Certain songs have a way of transporting you back to specific moments in time. For this one, Smells Like Teen Spirit takes me back to two places, and it got me thinking about how we talk about how songs can be the soundtrack to our lives. And yet, this song, for me, means two very different things, and how it shows that we can change our stories. The first memory that hits me with this song is when it first came out. 
I'd lay on my bed listening to it for the top seven at seven on our local radio station. I'd turn it up loud and it would drown out any song of me potentially uh, crying as I fretted I was never going to have any friends. Despite this association, I love the song and it's been a regular part of my musical rotation ever since. If you fast forward now to years later, um, we come to the other association, which is now seeing my daughter spontaneously start to floss to it in our kitchen. This memory never fails to make me (laughs) smile and it reminds me that no matter how bad things can get, they can always get better. Isn't that the truth? Man, that's so sweet. You can floss to anything. <laughs> yes. And, and also, main message, floss your damn teeth. Yeah. So I just want to say, too, um, we preface that with, like, if Everlong makes you cry, music is crazy. And it can make you feel like throwing it down in your living room at 2 in the morning when no one else is potentially able to hang out. And it can make you just weep at your desk when you don't have time for that shit. And I think that it's really interesting how it can kind of pull you in and out of moods and life and how it can, like, you can still just be as thrashy and as concerned about your friends and your family, no matter if you're an adolescent angsty teenager or if you're 45 or 50 or 30 or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I just think that it's, I just think that's really important to remember that music, although is fun and whatever, it, it, people are writing it because it's part of their story as well. So it doesn't matter if we like everything or if it's maybe you don't like Steely Dan as much as I do, but it's us trying to get to know each other through the music and connecting through it. Though. So anyone who's listening, um, you know, Strange Grooves is just about connecting. So this is why we have like Bob Dylan night and like why we have these letters and stuff. So if you'd like to have your stuff on the show or you'd want to come out to one of our nights, we we love making new friends. It's kind of the way we make friends now yeah. as adults. Um, <laughs> yes. We certainly ain't, ain't hitting peps to meet some new folks. I'd say that. You know what I mean? Not um, anymore. That day, those days have passed. Unless diner drugs are playing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But we'll, get, we'll show up wherever diner drugs are. But that's about it. <laughs> um... But no, um, I think that's really cool. So thank you, uh, Anonymous, for sharing that um, with us via email. Awesome. Great. Well, as I said, again, driving it home, strangegrees at gmail.com. Send us some of your stories. Yeah. Secrets, mm-hmm. promo codes. Yeah. Um, skip the dishes, promo code. I don't <laughs> Yeah, like, we'll take. I mean, whatever it is, I'll you take it. You can be anonymous. You can be anonymous. <laughs> If you want to be an anonymous secrets. Patreon subscriber too, <laughs> yep. Hell, like hell, fine. yeah. We got the links. We, I will make it rain Patreon links. Awesome. Well, I think we covered. I think we, that was a really deep dive. We're gonna do like a yeah. mini, maybe part three, just by by fluke at the five and dime, because we'll just be talking to y'all. So if yeah. you're listening, please come out. And there'll probably be enough, probably enough volume, maybe volume four in May, because our former guest Brent Mason always has his Bob Dylan birthday bash right around his birthday. So there'll probably be there'll be more Bob Dylan episodes to come, y'all. <laughs> we deliver. That's right. And there'll probably be a Steely Dan episode mm-hmm. in the near future. Mm-hmm. If you guys are interested in themed episodes, or perhaps you want to be a part of a themed episode, or have one to suggest. Um, yeah. Let us know what you think. We're always d- get down for trying diff- like different things. You know, it gives us something to kind of focus things around. So, let us know. We're always open. And until next time, keep it straight. If you've enjoyed this, then you have to hit strangegrooves.com for more amazing content. To support this podcast and music community, go to patreon.com/strangegrooves. As always, keep it strange.